Hey mamas, it's time to rise and grind. It's me, Brittany, and I'm back with Christian Mom Uncensored, the podcast where I dive into all the real, raw, unfiltered mommy struggles and all the things from marriage to raising babies to making decisions to leaps of faith to trials and tribulations, you know it all. Thanks so much for stopping by this Thursday. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. guys i hope everyone had a great holiday last week i hope you enjoyed family and good food um i will be getting into all of the things about my thanksgiving because it was just a little bit different this year um but i did want to let you guys know that this is the episode what episode the made episode the made episode finally i feel like i've been talking about this for six weeks saying it's coming and i recently was able to just catch up and finish watching the show so now i'm ready to kind of dive into some of the themes and topics with this show so we're going to talk about made we're going to talk about thanksgiving let's dive into everything welcome to christian mom uncensored I want to start by saying that the way this episode is going to be kind of structured is I'm going to update you guys on life like normal because I have a kind of a lot to update you on. And then we're going to talk about the show made. Now, with this, I will say if you would rather watch the show and then listen to the episode because you've been interested in the show, it's fine to come back to this. Um, this isn't a show that I feel like has a whole bunch of like twists and turns that like the spoilers are so big it's just like oh I was just kind of curious about that um and I don't intend to go into too too many details about her decisions it's I I do want to talk about um the system and um all the flaws and like what my reaction and takeaway was from the show the show does very well it does highlight um a lot of the issues like not just with our welfare system but how can we help domestic abuse victims or people who are struggling more um how can we look out for you know the vulnerable people the vulnerable people in our society and so we're going to dive into all of that but first let me tell you about thanksgiving so i have a lot to catch you up on um i might have i think i told you guys that elliot got sick so and mia got sick um about two Fridays ago now, we had basketball registration for the um, the organization my husband is a part of. He kind of like leads it. And so we were, we loaded up the kids in my car and we took them to the gym and they, they were doing registration. Some kids were shooting hoop in, in the gym, just playing around. And Mia and Elliot were kind of just running around the gym and hanging out. And I was like, oh, this is so cute. Like, our kids are hanging out. We're doing the basketball thing. It's fun. Well, while we're there, um, so we're like, there's an entryway where we have like a table set up for registration. And then people can go into the gym, fill out their paperwork, shoot some hoop, um, chill out so I was kind of in between each place like I was hanging out in the gym hanging out in the the lobby area doing whatever basically just doing the kids and so all of a sudden um one of the girls so one of the women we work with shout out Heather um shout out to Heather her her two kids were there and they were kind of helping do stuff well yeah they were kind of helping like the registration part and so Marley which is um 
Heather's daughter looks at me and goes, Mia just threw up in her mask. And I'm watching Mia throw up in her mask. And I'm like, oh my gosh, great. She's sick. And so our initial reactions were, oh my gosh, we had Pizza Hut. We haven't had that pizza in like since college really like Mia's never had it before she and then we do all this research and we realize how gross it is how it affects so many people and we're both thinking like she could be allergic to the sauce that's kind of common that kids like react differently to different sauce and like that's our whole opinion and so Mia throws up literally all night for the rest of the night it was so sad like she's like dry heaving she's like it was just so it was gross um and so we got no sleep Friday night and so then Saturday we were kind of just hanging out at home, doing our normal life, and then around 6 o'clock p.m., Elliot starts throwing up, and he doesn't stop for 24 hours, a little more than 24 hours, and so he was sick, and so then I, as soon as he started throwing up, I was like, this isn't the pizza, this is the stomach flu, the norovirus or something, and that's been going around the county that I live in, and um, Mia is in school, and so obviously... She probably picked it up there and then brought it home. And so Elliot was sick. I was basically in bed with him for a whole night and then all the next day. Um, and Ethan and I felt like we should keep the kids separated so they weren't, like, reinfecting each other. And so um, Elliot was just in my room all day. Mia was, like, feeling better, so she was in the living room. She was still sleeping a lot and not eating really well. Honestly, it's about... A little more than a week later and like today I noticed my kids are eating better in fact it was like the day after Thanksgiving the um, Black Friday is when I noticed their appetites seem to be returned and they seem to be okay and so um, the next day come Monday later in the afternoon I start getting nauseous and I start feeling sick and I was kind of hoping I wouldn't feel anything but I don't know what I expected um I was with him and like literally catching his throw up all night and so I only got sick once though and I'm like really clean and organized because I have had two children and I've had morning sickness both times so I know how to deal with the nausea um and then come Tuesday Ethan gets sick so my whole family got knocked out by this virus and so we were not going to go to my well, we were originally planning to go to Ethan's mom's house for Thanksgiving, and um, we decided against it because, one, our kids were sick, and then, two, there was a COVID case in Mia's school, um, and so she was supposed to, like, kind of quarantine for a bit. Um, luckily, she's, like, quarantine's over and everything for her there, but so we were just, like, guess we're not going anywhere for Thanksgiving, and so luckily on Tuesday or Wednesday morning, I kind of got it together and ordered all my groceries from Instacart to make Thanksgiving myself. And I did for the first time. And let me tell you, I'm really proud of it. I found out Ethan was bragging about our Thanksgiving to his friends on his video games. Um, like whenever, I don't know what to call it, like on the video games, you know how like you talk to people on your headset. So I made, I didn't make turkey because I felt like I didn't have time to get a turkey, to figure out how to cook a turkey. I wasn't sure if I was going to be feeling better. Um, so I just grabbed like a small ham, which is a perfect size for us. And I know the kids will eat ham. I'm not sure they'll eat turkey. So we had ham, um, 
it was like a little traditional and a little non-traditional or Thanksgiving because we didn't have turkey. We had ham. We had potatoes, but we didn't have mashed potatoes because I didn't have time to make them. And I didn't want to do a boxed one. So I bought like regular potatoes and we like baked them. So we had like baked potatoes, ham, sweet potato fries. So I just made my own sweet potato fries in the um, air fryer, which is like you just take sweet potatoes, cut them up into strips. And like I had, they were like cinnamony but also garlicky they were super good um it sounds weird they're like sweet and salty they were so good so we had those um and then we had stuffing and macaroni and cheese and green beans and I think that's everything and like rolls of course and it was delish um I was happy to be able to eat that for Thanksgiving um my mom asked if I was going to go to my grandma's to pick up a plate and I was like no because we didn't plan on being there it seems unfair for us to kind of just show up not that anyone would have cared they probably would have been fine um also I just didn't feel like Ethan having Ethan leave the house while I was trying to cook and deal with the kids it's just like so it was just easier to be home and it was the first holiday we were home and it was nice um we put up the Christmas tree the only thing about Thanksgiving that wasn't good was you know Ethan was all this basketball stuff to do and so he's thinking about that and me is a three major so she is melting down and Ethan's giving me attitude about different things and I was just like you guys are not being grateful we are home we are over the stomach flu um, I had spent the whole time Elliot was sleep was sick. I barely slept. I slept for three hours that night. Um, not consecutively, not three consecutive hours. Um, and then when I was feeling sick, I was just achy and sick, but it, it went away fast. Um, I watched Maid, so that's when I got to finally watch Maid. Was when everyone was sick, and I had to take off work for a few days, which was like you know a blessing in disguise, but. I'm definitely glad um, we're over the hump. And yeah, so then I was mad. And then so then Friday, my friend, our best guy friend, Jordan, um, we went out to this place nearby and uh, just had a drink and some pizza. And we were able to just chat about our upcoming Disney trip and hang out. And I was able to breathe for a minute away from my family because sometimes you need that. And speaking of breathing away from your family, I have an upcoming trip. It's an overnight trip. Um, well, really, I'm going to just go hang out with my friends and stay the night at my best friend's house. And I haven't fully committed to going because I still feel like Elliot is such a baby. And I will let you know that when Mia was this age, I was a couple years younger. And I went out every Thursday night to karaoke. Um, or every other Thursday night to karaoke. It wasn't every single Thursday, but probably about every, at least twice a month I was karaokeing. And because of COVID and just the nature of life, I haven't, I lost some of my friends. Um, people that I would invite that are, you know, closer to where I live, they wouldn't go out on a Thursday night. Um, friends from work probably wouldn't want to hit me up on Thursday night to be out, um, if we're being honest. And so, I'm not really sure who I'd invite out. So anyway, um, the way my life is set up is just a little bit differently now. And so the breaks, I was getting breaks in the summer. I joined a mom group and was going to those meetings and I haven't seen any postings for them. Um, I kind of didn't stop following the mom group because it, it started to get a little intense. Like 
people bashing people. And I was like, this is just too much. Like, let's talk about how my kid just threw up on me and how my coffee is cold. And I'm really annoyed at that. Like, I don't need to hear about you versus you. And any, I don't, I just need positivity in my life. So anyway, I'm debating on going to this trip. I'll let you know if I go. I even bought outfits to go. Um, initially my whole family, so we were going to go to DC, Ethan and I were going to bring the kids and, um, stay the night in a hotel and go, I was going to go out with my friends that evening. Um, he would be home, not home, but he would be back in our hotel room with the kids. And then in the morning we were going to go home. So I booked this hotel at the same place my friends are staying and was like, it'll be fun. I'll do kid activities during the day, adult hanging out at night, but um, basically what happened was I canceled our hotel because we were looking at spending probably $500 for the weekend, which isn't too bad. But once we booked the hotel, once you factor in food and fun and parking, we were looking at spending $500 for the weekend and we could do that. It's an option. However, I looked at Ethan and I said, I can't justify you know, this is like two weeks before Christmas. I can't justify spending this much money this close to Christmas when we are planning on going to Disney. I would rather not spend that money and use it towards Christmas gifts or more specifically use it towards Disney and put it, put it aside for Disney so that when we're gone and away on our actual vacation, you know, the more you have, the more you can do, the more you can eat and the more you can buy. And so I canceled all of that because I just felt like the practical person in me came out for once. And so now the option is that I go hang out and sleep over my best friend's house. Um, which I've never done. I've never been to her house. And so it would be a good getaway, but I think mom guilt is really hard. And in the end of the day, I know everyone would be okay. I would leave in the afternoon, but it's, it's going to feel like I'm going to be gone for a long time. I've never had a night away from Elliot and I'm not sure I'm ready to do that. Um, which is silly because I've been out past his bedtime before. Like I've been out with friends you know, till midnight. And obviously Elliot's asleep way before then. And he's been fine. So it's kind of similar because I would want to come home like first thing in the morning. But anyway, mom guilt is is real and I can't decide. Um, Ethan thinks it'd be really good for me mentally to like get dressed up, hang out with friends, eat dinner and not have, you know, a kid to stop and wipe their nose, stop and get them water, stop and get them a snack, stop and do whatever. And then your food's cold. Like that's my normal life. When you're a mom, you never eat a hot plate of food. I'm always stopping to do something. And so it would be nice to do that. And so I'm, I kind of have an in-between thing where maybe I'll do like dinner and hanging out, but I'm going to come back home. I'm not sure. I'll update you guys on that, but let's just get into made. Okay. So now we're going to talk about the show made. I will say that this show does cover some domestic abuse. And so if that is a trigger for you, I want you to be aware of that before walking into the show. Um, It deals more so with emotional abuse, which is again, another trigger warning, but I'm gonna go ahead and give you like a synopsis and then hop into the themes. So the show surrounds this woman named Alex and Alex is 25 years old. She has a little girl named Maddie who's three and she has a boyfriend named Sean and they live like in a trailer. 
Now, at the beginning of the show, you see kind of Alex laying in bed next to her boyfriend and um, replaying the events of that night. And the events are her boyfriend got drunk, threw a glass. It didn't hit her. I think it shattered on her and on Maddie, her daughter. Um, But after that, she's kind of fed up and she gets in the car and leaves. And so she, the show kind of um, documents Alex's journey trying to you know, live as a single mom, do better for Maddie and get herself into a safe place and situation. And it just highlights a lot of the challenges that come along the way. There's a lot of crazy things that happen. I'm not going to give away spoilers, but Alex ends up losing her car. Um, her car gets totaled and, um, she has to kind of figure out what to do with her and Maddie. I think she starts off with $34 in her pocket and that's it. And so immediately, um, Alex is going to, I think like the welfare office, I'm not sure. And is basically trying to get some assistance. She's kind of trying to get section eight housing or figure out where she can go. And when she gets there, they're saying that there are shelters. However, in order for you to stay at one, you need to have two pay stubs, um, and if you want to get childcare, we need to see your pay stubs. And Alex doesn't have a job. She's been staying home with Maddie since she was three. Her boyfriend, Sean, was working. And Alex is like, so in order for me to get childcare, I have to have a job. But where is my kid going to go if I, like, how is my kid going to, where's my kid going to go if I need help with childcare? And so that immediately shows like one disparity in the system. And, um, The other thing with Alex is she kind of has a complicated family life where she's really on her own. It's really just her and Maddie. Her mom is undiagnosed bipolar, so she isn't getting any help for her mental illness. And her dad, her biological father, um, had similar issues as Sean. He was also a drinker. Um, also had anger issues and Alex can kind of remember hiding when she was a little girl and then her mom and her running away from her dad similar to what um, she ends up doing with Maddie and so there you can see the show is highlighting um, the system of abuse and how as if you're a child who witnesses domestic violence or even um, emotional abuse you're more likely to have that repeat in your relationships as either the abuser or as the victim. And so it's this whole cycle and system. Again, the show highlights a lot of really, really good topics. So anyway, Alex um, is trying to get on her feet and she gets referred to um, a domestic abuse shelter from the lady who's working in the welfare office. And, um, Alex is kind of hesitant to go to this domestic abuse shelter. One, because she wasn't physically hit. She wasn't physically hurt. Um, She was scared and um, she had been emotionally abused, but she wasn't sure if she belonged in this shelter. And the lady that worked at this office basically encouraged her to go anyway. And so she does. Um, And even the woman who runs the shelter is saying, you know, you just left before he hit you. Like, yeah, he didn't do it yet, but the next time it would have been that much closer to you. And you could see like in their trailer, there's a hole in the wall that's covered with a picture that Maddie drew. Like he is, he was escalating. And so, um, 
Another challenge that Alex ends up facing is her boyfriend gets a lawyer to get custody of her daughter because she basically just left with her. And she gets ordered to give Maddie back for a time um, while she gets her ducks in a row. And so she's trying to figure out her life. She's trying to get an apartment and show that she could provide for Maddie. Um, The lady at the welfare office ends up referring her to this woman named Yolanda who has a maid company. And that's where the show title maid comes from. And so she, um, Alex ends up becoming a maid. She gets a vacuum, she gets a uniform, and she now has to go work and do clean people's houses. At some point, she ends up leaving Maddie with her mom to go to her very first job before Sean takes Maddie back. Um, And while she, there's another situation where she and Maddie are waiting for a ferry um, so that she can kind of work um, as a maid and somebody that she used to know named Nate sees her. Now, Nate and Alex worked at the same bar while Nate was in college. So they're like around the same age. Um, not Maddie, Nate, well, Nate and Alex. Um, they worked at the same bar with Sean. So Sean, Alex, and um, Nate worked at this place. Nate was always kind of nerdy. Um, and fun fact, if you've ever watched Degrassi, and I'm talking like Degrassi Next Generation, the later ones, um, with Sav. Sav plays Nate, and he's also the same guy from Ginny and Georgia, who's Joe, and I actually really love him as an actor. Um, he's the type of guy I would potentially date if I was ever... You know, once upon a time before marriage and kids, I would have been attracted to Sav. I mean, not Sav, I called him Sav, um, to this character, Nate. I would never be attracted to Sean, but to each their own. Um, and so, anyway, so Nate ends up seeing her and offers to kind of assist her. And she's, he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, yeah, I got here early for my ferry. And he's like, okay, um, why do you have a vacuum? And she's just like, I'm into vacuums right now. And, um, he basically ends up helping her out and he is an engineer. He graduated college, was all successful. Um, and he actually recently got divorced. He has his own son and he ends up giving Alex, um, his grandfather's old car runs great, runs fine. It's still like an older model, but to help her out. And then throughout the show, Nate continues to show up um, for Alex. And he really just wants to be with her and like date her and sleep with her and, and do all these things. And so anyway, I'm not going to go into their relationship, but, but just focusing back on the show. And so anyway, the show kind of highlights these different struggles that Alex goes through. She's working as a maid and she is trying to kind of get on her feet and it's very hard to. She ends up getting Section 8 housing and when she does, it and it ends up being like not a good neighborhood. Like it's kind of um, ex-cons live there and she has her three-year-old so she's like I don't I, I can't expect to live here she ends up getting black mold there's black mold in her apartment and anyway so there's all of these challenges and struggles that go on in the show and I thought I was watching this show um and as I was watching it like my heart broke several times for Alex and there are some things you know I can relate on but on a lot of levels um I was just feeling really thankful for my life. And then it also really, um, it made me feel kind of selfish about the things that I tend to complain about. And so even like when, so I was watching the show while Elliot's like throwing up all night. Um, I'm just looking at my kids. Like, I'm really thankful that you guys have 
safe, warm beds. I'm glad that you have a loving father and a loving mother and a safe home with food that you like to eat. I don't have to worry about, even when it's like, we, we, even when our groceries get low before I decide to go grocery shopping again and I'm like trying to like stretch it out because I don't want to buy food just yet it seems to be my my constant struggle is like I always need to buy protein for the week but I don't want to shop every week and then I don't have room in my freezer and so I'm trying to like stretches out two weeks with our protein but I have to cook it before it expires and that seems to be like my my struggle and I just realized I was dumb for not just like make room in my freezer and just freeze whatever I'm going to use for next week. And then I can just cook what I'm going to use for this week. But anyway, um, that's just a whole other journey. But anyway, so I just felt so much gratitude for my, my kids' safety and well-being, even when they're bratty, annoying, um, whining, they're safe. And I was like trying to, I wasn't really trying to tell Mia she should be thankful, but I was like, Mia, I think we should give some toys away, which we were doing anyway, because Christmas, it's Christmas time. We need to clear out toys and, um, we're looking for a family to adopt as well for the holidays. But, um, aside from that, uh, I'm just like, can we pick out some things you don't want anymore? Cause some little boys and some little girls don't have any toys. And so I was trying to explain that to her. Um, <clears throat> but she doesn't really get it again. She's only three. So I mean, I don't know what I expected. But anyway, so the show just highlights Alex's journey. So now let's talk about the themes of the show. I've given you a synopsis. She has this love interest. Um, she does eventually get Maddie back and just has joint custody with um, Sean and her. And they actually come to a decision themselves to kind of like do like one week on, one week off kind of. And then during Alex's weeks off, you see her busting her butt cleaning and working as much as she can. And then Sean kind of like uses his mom to help take care of Maddie, um, still goes out with his friends. And Alex ends up getting really frustrated because she's like, well, this is your time with her. You need to spend time with her. And that goes into the whole conversation of co-parenting. So let's get into these themes. So here are some of the themes I noticed. Some of them I could relate to and some of them I couldn't. So the first thing is child care is ridiculous. Her whole situation was trying to figure out child care so she could go to work. And honestly, the cost of child care is so high and it really does make a lot of people kind of get stuck with their options. Um, I know several people who stay home with their kids, not necessarily because that was their first choice, um, but the, the, the cost of childcare is just the same. Um, honestly, the, I mean, I wanted to stay home with my kids, as you guys know, but I'm working from home and that's the best of both worlds because we're not putting money out towards childcare. So we're keeping our income. Um, but before when we were paying for childcare, we used uh, a family friend who had an in-home daycare. Um, she's been friends with my family for years, so she's really trusted and that you know, was so significantly less than paying $1,500 a month for childcare. And if you're somebody who, you know, needs assistance, is a single parent, is kind of just starting out on your feet, nobody can afford that. Honestly, if I was a single parent, I couldn't afford $1,500 in childcare. Um, and it's just kind of ridiculous how expensive it is. And I know that there's lots of options as well. Okay. There are, there are, there is assistance for childcare. I don't think it's enough. And I think that the options are limited. Um, 
And honestly, you know, childcare should be something that's naturally included. You know how we have a public school system? Well, why isn't there childcare? It just doesn't make a lot of sense if you want people to work. Um, and so Alex struggles with that in the show. Um, she ends up getting some assistance and some help and some, some scholarships and, um, or some sponsorships and is able to send Maddie to the school she wants to for a brief period. Um, because the place she was going to before, like they were giving her the wrong kid, they weren't taking care of her. And so the struggle of childcare, especially the early years, like kids are expensive from birth to about five. Once they are in elementary school, you know that childcare cost is going to change because, you know, for eight hours of the day, they're at school. And so you might need an hour in the morning, an hour or two in the afternoon compared to paying for eight hours. I think that's when you really get a break. But for five years, childcare is just ridiculous. And, um, I know how expensive it is. That's why I was a nanny. I knew how much I could make as a nanny um, doing childcare. I did that before I worked at my big girl job or whatever. Um, and honestly, being a nanny was great. I actually loved it. I would do it again, but it's got to pay. Okay, so the other thing was judgment on people who have some sort of government assistance. Assistance. A lot of people think a lot of people think everyone abuses the welfare system. While there are people who do, I'm not going to say everyone is perfect. There are a lot of people who just need help and are trying. And in the show, I think they do try to like destigmatize some of the things about like a lot of the prejudgments on the welfare system. For instance, um, Alex has WIC or I don't know if it's WIC in every state, but she has food stamps. I think that's everyone has food knows what that is. And so she is able to buy food that way and she gets judged for it. She gets judged for having for having food stamps and, you know, being able to pay for food that way. Um, and when she's in the grocery store line, this guy's kind of like scoffing. And it's like, how does her, how she pay her food for her food affect you? You know, like, yeah, you're behind her in line. Yeah, she might have a good number of things. It's going to take five extra seconds for her to swipe her card. Why are you so rude? And I think that it's just trying to show Alex who really is clean in the system. The thing about her in the show is she's a great parent. She never loses her temper. Um, she does not abuse anything. Like she works for everything. In fact, she would rather give up her space for somebody who's, you know, not as well off as she is and she isn't well off at all. And so I think the show's trying to destigmatize the idea that, yeah, just because you have government assistance, just because you have food stamps doesn't mean you're abusing that, right? Um, it's there to help you. And if you need it, you should be able to take it and should be able to take it without feeling stigmatized against it. I know that so many people who are like, I just don't want to be one of those people. Be one, a person who gets the food they need or the help they need. Um, and I think it's because of the way people judge other people. And um, that's really sad because I always, the, my biggest philosophy in life or one of my biggest, well, my two biggest philosophies on life is love love other humans regardless of their walk like you might not agree with them politically you might not agree with them morally you might not agree with whatever they're doing but honestly it's their lane so you need to stay out of it and just love them because that's the only way you're going to ultimately be able to help or reach them I think that's where Christianity fails is the the judgments on other people and everyone's like yeah but we need to tell the sinners to do this well who told you to do that like are you God? Last time I checked, 
you don't look like Jesus. And so that's one of my biggest gripes. Um, and the second thing is that if it doesn't affect you, stay in your lane. Like, and I'm not talking about you still should fight for every cause. Like you should still fight for people to have the right to clean water and you should, cause that doesn't necessarily affect you every day. But I mean, with people's decisions, like somebody else having food stamps in the show, how does this affect this man that's buying his groceries that's behind her in line? Ultimately, it doesn't. Like, ultimately, nothing she's doing affects her. Even if she wasn't in line in front of him, somebody else would have been in line in front of him. And so I feel like if people are going through whatever they do with, with their lives and you don't agree with them or you, like, just, why is everyone so judgmental? And so there's that. Anyway, that was a side tangent. The next thing um, I noticed was how skewed the system is because she couldn't get any housing or not even just housing. She couldn't stay at a shelter without providing pay stubs. She had just run away from her toxic situation. How is she going to get pay stubs? And she couldn't get help with childcare until she had these pay stubs. And she was like, how, how am I going to bring you my pay stubs when I don't have child care. And so that's kind of a little backwards. Um, actually, it's a lot backwards. And then obviously leaving a toxic relationship is dangerous and it can take multiple tries. In the show, Alex becomes friends with another woman named Danielle at the um, domestic, um, at the domestic abuse shelter. And it's actually a really amazing shelter in the show. Um, I think it does. I would love to like work there. It's just, a, it's a, just a great place. Um, and the thing she's like friends with this woman who's like, yeah, I had to fight back. And she's like encouraging Alex cause Alex is getting like really defeated. And then she ends up going back to her, her husband. And so it takes a couple tries and even leaving itself is dangerous. You see at the beginning of the show, Alex has to sneak to put Maddie in the car she has to like quietly and even as she's driving off Sean's chasing her and although he has never been violent 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 before he could easily have been violent then and so it is um a tricky situation and I know a lot of times people get frustrated with loved ones who are in toxic places um so I always say like don't turn your back on anyone always be ready to answer a phone call Um, always check in on your people and you know breaking that toxic cycle is hard so anyway in the in the description of this episode there are going to be some resources for anyone who is struggling with emotional abuse with domestic abuse um who's just struggling in general and because i think if you know somebody you could definitely use the resources and I want everyone to know that they're not alone and I know I know life is really hard and um, I want every one of my listeners to be safe and like if you are not safe to seek help as safely as you can okay so that those are some of the hard, the heavy topics in the show um, they also highlight how hard single parenthood is you know she there's a part of the show where Maddie her three-year-old is sick and the daycare can't take her because she has a fever and but Alex needs to go to work she's scheduled to go to work she can't call off she's going to lose her job that's a, a hard situation and I honestly think everyone should have built-in sick leave built-in vacation and then built-in child-related leave if you are a parent and even if you're not a parent 
it could just be extra personal leave because I know a lot of people are like, you parents have it so easy, you could just take off whenever. And it's like, no, actually, a lot of parents use all their leave on their children because of, you know, like, like I was off two days last week because everyone in my house was sick. Um, thank God I have the leave for that. And if I didn't, I don't know what would have happened. Um, so anyway, there should just be better, a better leave system in terms of all jobs. And it's hard if you work part-time, if you don't, if you're not a salary employee, if, you know, you work for a company that can kind of do whatever they want, that's hard. And so single parenthood is definitely a hard thing to, to navigate and to figure out. And I actually have, um, some, some guests coming on the podcast to talk about that since that's not something I've walked. I don't really feel the right to kind of be like, yeah, it's really hard. Like, what do I know? I, that's not my story. So I do have some guests coming on to share their stories because that's only fair, um, in terms of talking about that aspect of it. And we will dive into all of those topics on a later podcast. So the last topic that was in the show that I think was kind of, if you're looking at the themes and the topics in the show, they're, do- they're dealing with emotional and domestic abuse. They're dealing with the welfare system. They're dealing with childcare issues. They're dealing with navigating co-parenting. All of these really important topics. And then there's one that's kind of hidden in there as well. And it's this idea that we always want more for our kids, right? We always want to provide them with the best of the best. And there's many times in the show where Alex is cleaning houses and she's just imagining her and Maddie there and just wanting that place for Maddie. But then on the flip side, there's also times in the show that you see um, Alex was pursuing creative writing at one point and her dream is to be a writer. And so Um, She had this scholarship, ends up getting pregnant, doesn't go, um, reapplies for school, all this other stuff. But you see that after motherhood, you know, for three years, she got lost in the sauce. She was doing the mom thing. And at this point, she's finally pushed to, to get to the life she wants and to live the life she wants. And I think we can all relate to this. Um, And it's just not as heavy as some of the other topics, but it's still an important topic. And that is creating the life that you desire, pursuing your dreams that were uniquely yours before motherhood and that are still yours despite motherhood. Um, And um, it's important. I think a lot of us lose ourselves. And I kind of was in a place very recently for a little while was feeling kind of lost in the sauce of I do have these dreams for certain things in life um but a lot of the dreams I had before marriage and before babies I let I let them go and there's nothing wrong with you know letting dreams go or things change or you know life happens and you're like oh I don't really want to do that anymore that's fine but there's a lot of times in life where I think that you know, we just forget what we wanted to do or who we want to be or what some of our passions are. Um, and so I kind of com- made a commitment to myself to to start doing some of the things that matter to me. And whether that was beforehand to be a journalist, I, I studied journalism and in, in PR in college, or to be, a, you know, to be in PR, or whether that is to be a fitness expert, but you aren't in shape anymore because you've had kids. Now you want to be a fitness expert. Um, 
also fit isn't a size fit is a it's like a lifestyle in my opinion um whether that was to whatever to to travel and you haven't been able to travel because COVID and kids I think it's important that once you are back on your feet as in motherhood kind of knocks you out for a while um having a newborn and a, a baby and even toddlers can kind of your days are very different than they were before them. Once you're finally in, in your groove and you can look at your life and think, okay, I could spend 30 minutes doing this or I could spend 10 minutes doing that. One of my biggest um, setbacks that I realized was I have time to do things that I want to do for the podcast, for other projects, and um, even just to work out but I get so frustrated by the amount of time that I have for it. If I could spend three hours working on podcast, working on YouTube, working on these three other projects I have going on, if I could have three hours, I would feel really, really productive. And so when I look at the week and I look at a day and I realize I only have 20 minutes to myself or I only have an hour, I only have 45 minutes before bedtime or whatever, I get frustrated. I'm like, well, what's the point? I'll start this other day when I have more time. I feel like that ends up um, being such a detriment. That 10 minutes today is 10 more minutes of work that you didn't do or that you now don't have to do. Um, I saw this post that was like, oh, hold on, I'll have to find it because I'm going to I'm gonna say it wrong for sure and it's not going to make any sense. So I'm trying to find <laughs> this post. I saw this post that was like, oh, here it goes. You learn basketball by playing basketball. You learn math by doing math. You learn business by starting a business. You learn investing by actually investing. Stop looking for the perfect minute or moment. Just start and I promise you'll figure it out along the way. And that like was meant for me. Like there's a lot of times where I'm like, I want to be this type of person. Well, you can only do that if you're doing it. Um, Stop waiting until you have the perfect Sunday afternoon or the perfect outfit or your hair is laid and straight and, you know, you look perfect. Like, stop waiting for those moments to do whatever you, it is you want to do. Let's say you want to make exercise videos for mom. Um... then what are you going to do? You need to just start doing it. And so I, anyway, um, anyway, I just wanted to say <laughs> after all of this that um, stop waiting and just start doing, even if you only have five minutes today to do it, fine. If you have six hours, you know, next week, great. Anyway, sorry. So that was pretty much the made episode. Um, next episode, we're going to start kind of our Christmas countdown Christmas ser series because Christmas is coming and I'm really excited for Christmas. And um, there's so much to kind of talk about um, when it comes to Christmas. And some topics will be uh, Christ and Christmas centered and some topics will be mom and life centered as you guys know and important conversations and things to think about as we end the year 2021 I cannot believe how quickly this year went by guys I 
have things that I haven't looked at since this time last year. I have videos that I watched that or that I made that I'm looking at that were a year ago and I am like in shock that a year has gone by. Like this has been the fastest year of my life, I swear. 2020 went by quickly, but I was pregnant, so I think it felt long because it was such a hard year for me that year and that pregnancy was a little bit harder but anyway this year flew by so we'll talk about all of that um yes so that was main episode if you need any resources just make sure you check out the description of this episode um where i list a couple of resources for you or if you know somebody who is in a dangerous situation or um maybe they're not in a dangerous situation yet but maybe they could use some help before it gets there Uh, Just try your best to always be a friend and always be supportive. And if you are somebody who is in need of help, um, please, please, please get help because, you know, you're important. Your life is important and you are important to your kids and your family and you're important to me. So anyway, that's all I have for you this week. I hope everyone stays safe. Everyone stays healthy. And I will talk to you all next week. Bye.